On this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains, we have Posh, an ex-stripper turned healthcare worker. We'll learn how she became a stripper and what it was like to tell her fiancé about her former job. We also have Chloe, an ex-healthcare worker turned door girl, whose hobbies include rope play parties. We'll also learn what the heck that means. All that and so much more on this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains. Welcome to Behind the Meat Curtains. I'm the Brad. And I'm Kat. Um, we're recording live from Ben, or from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> However, we just wanted to throw another shout out to Backside Kegs in Bend, Oregon. Whether you need a keg for your next event, private party, or have a, the thirst for the coldest and cheapest beer in town, then come check out Backside Kegs. Kat, why are we in Portland? Today is a special episode because I'm seeing a longtime friend, probably the first stripper I met when I first started my career at the club that I work at, um, and we are in Portland, Oregon, in a hotel room in downtown. So, my longtime stripper friend, please introduce yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Posh. Kat and I worked together for many years. Uh, she introduced herself to me when she was a baby door girl. And she pretty much said, hi, I'm Kat. I just moved here. Do you want to be my friend? And uh, I was not I was not very well liked at the club at the time. I had been there a couple of years and was kind of vicious and sharky. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then we became friends. We have talked on the podcast before about how Kat is aggressively friendly and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just tells people that they are going to be uh, their friends. Let's go around the table. Uh, I'm Amanda, here again. Hi, everybody. I'm Chloe. Okay. And what is your role at the club? <laughs> <laughs> I am a door girl at the club with Kat. <laughs> and again, I'm the Brad, and that is Kat. Yeah. Uh, I oftentimes like to start out the podcast uh, asking people how they got into their job at a strip club, because it's not a typical job. It is a job that is uh, pretty unique, and I think a lot of people would be uh, adverse to doing a job at a strip club. So how did, what was your path to to starting a job at, or becoming a stripper, I guess? Well, I was in college at the time. And I needed a job because I had been very recently fired from the uh, suitcase store that I was working at. <clears throat> yes. A tra I'm sorry. Travel boutique. Uh, <laughs> Pretty high standards those uh, suitcase stores have. Yes. Uh, they, they basically hired me and then two months later fired me. And I realized that I was just Christmas help that they did not ever acknowledge. So I was broke and needed a job, and my friend and I were out. We actually decided to go out to the strip club because we were uh, trying to get over our boyfriends or ex-boyfriends at the time. And we went to this place in a, a small college town. And this is not our club that we worked at. Yeah. And, uh, and it was amateur night, and we were drunk and... She said, you need a job. Go do it. Go, go, go. <laughs> and so we signed me up. And then I remember oh the manager, Tom, came over to our table and he knelt down at our table and he said, so you're the only one that signed up. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, do you still want to go up? And 
of course, Allison, she's with me. She's like, do it, do it, do it. Like slapping my, like, do it, do it, do it. And we're drunk. So I did it. And, uh, I was super nervous and I didn't take my underwear off. And, uh, I made $38 (laughs) for one song. And $38 for one song is good. It was like Like, not, it was like not even a full song. It was like half a song where I didn't even take my underwear off. And I was just like all nervous. But $38 in ones, it was like a pile. And I was just like at the end of the song and I was like money. And so, yeah, then I ended up showing up the next day. Uh, cause, cause the manager was all like, you should work here. You should, we'll give you a job. And I showed up the next day and I gave them my fake ID because I was actually 19 at the time. I gave them my fake ID. Were you not allowed to dance? Well, I could, I think you could have, but you would have been a quote minor. So and they could, make you stay in the dressing right. room and they, they don't let you out on the floor. floor. So they hired yeah. me as like a, they hired me under my fake name and, uh, my fake real name, which is crazy. And, uh, then I could just be out on the floor drinking, which is insane. This business operated and was never shut down for this. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, and then I worked day shift because it was like, it was the good old days where, you know, the girls who didn't know how to dance had to work days and the girls that were really good dancers got to work nights, Mm -hmm. you know, so things don't work like that anymore, but, um, so I had to work days and I would probably only make like 75 to a hundred dollars, but I would just get hammered every day. Well, it was only like two, three days a week because I was in college at the time and it was great. So what was your experience being a new dancer? Like, were you freaked out? Were you, another question we no. ask a lot is like, you know, going into a strip club, was it uh, a shocking experience or was it just like. I was mesmerized by all the girls. I worshipped them. I thought they were the hottest shit and I thought I was the hottest shit and I thought it was the coolest thing ever and. Yeah, I mean, it just sucked me in. Then when I graduated college, I was like, my degree is worthless. I'm just going to keep doing this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how does that go, though, with, like, amateur night? When you go in there, like, you obviously don't have your clothes packed, so you just... Like, what's the play-by-play of that? I literally just just took my clothes off. Your street clothes? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I had jeans on. (laughs) I had jeans, and it was really awkward getting them off, and then I had, like... Like, <laughs> not granny panties, but, like, <laughs> normal underwear on. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I remember I had pubic hair. And at the time, I was like, I don't want to take my underwear off because all these girls have these beautiful shaved, waxed, sculpted vaginas. And I just have, like, a mini bush. So I'm not taking these panties off and showing this all, to all these people. So I kept them on. So then I started getting waxed when I became a dancer. Because the thing at the time was the landing strip. So oh, I'm guessing yeah. by the description, you said you and your friend went into the club, but your friend did not um, start dancing. And uh, by, by the way, way, you mentioned her name. Do we cut it out or not? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure she'd be okay with okay. that. Yeah. Pretty sure, like 90%? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Is that pretty sure? How many hours are in the world? Yeah. All right. I want to make sure. She did, she did not. not do amateur night she did not start stripping but she was a cheerleader for me from the, hell yeah from the beginning <laughs> That's yeah awesome. yeah so so another question that we always like to ask usually save it till the end but you were there a while and i've seen you do some crazy things but what was your i've seen it all moment like when you had been there for years and like something happened that you were just like that's fucked up <laughs> 
Well, unfortunately, I think that I probably have provided people with more of those moments <laughs> than I have personally witnessed. I personally witnessed one where, you know, you're you're a very scary woman when you're angry, when you're not getting paid. And I remember you breaking some guy's phone because he <laughs> wouldn't pay you for a lap dance. Yeah, I've broken, uh, I've broken phones. I've broken glasses. God, remember that one guy who said he was going to sue the club because I broke his glasses? <laughs> oh, my God. And they had to, like, replay the video in the office. Um, I Actually, the worst <laughs> thing I did um, was smack some guy in the face with my shoe. Oh, yes. I love it. Um, <laughs> I also dumped a beer on a guy's lap. On Like, I dumped it, like, on his penis. <laughs> so, Posh has some anger issues, which is why she's not a dancer anymore. <laughs> she's actually in healthcare now. <laughs> She'll be your nurse. <laughs> before before we get too far into it, I want to ask the same questions to our other guest, our, our other not returning guest. <laughs> um, what did you? How did you end up at the the strip club? How did you end up even being like a door hostess? It's not a. I don't think most people would wander into a strip club to get a job. Uh, ironically. I have the same but opposite story as Posh. Mm-hmm. So I was in healthcare for six <laughs> years. <laughs> when are you getting up on the stage? <laughs> I, <laughs> I was in healthcare for six years and was not getting paid or appreciated for the work that I was doing. Um, so I was looking for another part-time job, and I had a friend who was working as a cocktail waitress and door hostess at this club. Um, she was like, hey, I make great money come apply, we're shorthanded. And it took me, I applied the first time in August and I had to literally come in, grab the manager and be like, hire me in December before I finally got the job. Why were they so reluctant to? He was just an idiot. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. It's not like they didn't need help. No, definitely needed help. He just had never been a manager before he was in the industry as a bouncer for 10 years or whatever, but had never had any sort of managerial experience. So he was completely in over his head and was still new to the club when I approached him. I think he had only been there maybe six months. So what was your experience going into the club as far as like, again, we've hit the whole gamut of people, how people have answered this question. Was it just like business as usual? Was it, oh, this is kind of shocking. Like this is an entirely different world. How did, how did you react to the new environment? It really wasn't that much of a shock to me. Um, we have, my boyfriend and I have a very open sex positive relationship. We've been to rope play parties among other things. So being in that sex oriented what did you just say rope play parties what is this i do not know what this is where you tie each other up and then hang from the ceiling basically so we did a lot of workshops um and a couple of play parties but yeah you you have somebody there who's a master rigger and kind of oversees everything and teaches people harnesses and hip harnesses chest harnesses how to tie your wrists together how to tie you to a bedpost or whatever they do teach you how to untie they also used to covid shut him down uh the rigger that was doing it he's in his early 70s what? so covid was like he's done <laughs> you 
you want to hang from the ceiling? I, I don't, or make someone hang. I don't know. It's, this is it's a lot fun. of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Wait, do you do you also do the like, like the skin hook thing? Oh, 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 oh no, okay. no okay, so yeah, much no. I, I don't okay, want to do that. Okay, no. okay, 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 right. <laughs> I, I didn't rewind even farther. So we went to the how did you end up in the strip club? How did you get to a point where you were like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in harnessing or rope play or whatever you said. I wish I had an answer for that. I really don't. Yeah, know. was it your idea or his? I just kinky, bro. Yeah. I know. I like right. it. I like it. <laughs> Tell us more, um, Chloe. I had just just started a little little baby kinkster. Started like looking into and exploring things. One of the little kinksters running around. The exactly. House. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right before I met my current boyfriend. Um, I had just dabbled in it, and he also hadn't had any real experience. So we met, and we started talking, and we kicked it off before this came up. But then it was like, oh, hey, I'm also interested in learning about this. So it just kind of blew up from there. We had a friend who was um, really good friends with the rigger who we went to her and kind of talked to her about it, and she got us into it. So it just kind of bloomed. <laughs> Brad says, I'm interested. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what the podcast is all about. All this, like, hidden conversations, right? Like, <laughs> things that people that aren't always out there in the open that I think kind of should be out there in the open, right? I think, it's, I think it's really good. Like, I have, I think that if it's not hurting anybody, then well, it's all not unconsensually. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Very important. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the ba- like people thought the bacon thing was weird on the, yeah. our last episode, and it's like Why? he's not doing anything. Exactly. And it's fine. Wait, what? I didn't listen to the last. What was the bacon uh, thing? Just said like a ten second recap. Um, so we have a regular customer that comes in, and he likes to bring bacon, and he'll feed it. Oh no, I'm sorry. He'll have the dancer feed it to him while he's getting a lap dance. Um, sometimes it's other foods though. So we have a new game. Have we actually have we brought that up what's yet? It, what's in Dougie's pocket? Yeah, what's in Dougie's pocket? And Kat, it's he, she's always the first one. As soon as he comes up to the bar, she's like, Dougie, what's in your pocket? <laughs> like, I got nothing tonight. I'm like, you're disappointing me. I was gonna say now he feels obligated to have something. Um, in his he pocket. had bacon wrap. Was it bacon wrap shrimp? Mm-hmm. There's bacon wrap shrimp. Yeah, that one was a little hard. Yeah, he likes his like, oh. he likes his pork. And then, um, Tater tots at all. Quid. Squid, yeah, it's Don't always fun. Mini donuts, not too long ago. Um, That's challenging. He has big pockets. <laughs> <laughs> They're cargo pockets, <laughs> like, like Napoleon Dynamite pockets. They're funny pants pockets. Um, yeah, Dougie's been on. He's on our last one. He's been on PeopleofWalmart.com. Oh my! You he is like Dougie's. he is a, like an icon of like. Yeah. His his outfit I would describe as casual pajamas. <laughs> um, casual pajamas. Because yeah. your we standard pajamas yeah. are yeah, more formal. Yeah, we, we love you, love Dougie. You, I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I would want to say that when I when I say like stuff like that, it sounds like mockery. It is just no. He no. I've tried. I told him that he's like, "What are you guys saying about me on the podcast?" I was like, "Tuggy, we fucking love you. Like, yeah. yes, we talk about you, but we love you. <laughs> like, told, it's told, all in good humor. Like, <laughs> it's all love." And I told him the other day, like, "Yeah, we talk about it and." Is it weird? Yes, Dougie. It's weird that you bring bacon in your pocket and have dancers feed it to you. 
But it's okay. He, he knows that's weird. He also Come on. has his cat zoo. We're talking about this on our, We had a three-hour drive to Portland, so we had a lot of talking between Kat and Chloe and I. And uh, we got into the discussion about Dougie and his cats. He has, like... He plays fantasy football he, with his cats. And he lets them choose. It's <laughs> awesome. Honestly, I love hearing about it. <laughs> like, I was they're going to win. He, he, they always choose, like, the Super Bowl teams, too. Like. <laughs> I was pissed that I wasn't involved in this because he, he plays with the DJ at our work also. Yeah. And so I was I like, I want to be in it next year. <laughs> I want to be his, I want to be the fucking cat. <laughs> you are engaged right now. You're going to be married. What did, what was the conversation like? Was it a hard conversation? Was it an easy conversation to like, oh, by the way, I used to be a stripper. Oh, yes. God, you know, I don't even know if I remember that conversation uh, because it has been a really big deal in previous relationships. But this one, I don't know. I think it was very like, oh, hey, there's a really interesting thing about you, about me that you should know. <laughs> and I think that he was shocked. But uh, but honestly, it's just it's. It's uh, a really fun thing about my past right. that, like, he's known me, he's only known me post-nursing school, right? So he didn't have to deal with, he didn't have to deal with any of the... Yeah, there's no drama that he had to witness. Yeah, no. So, uh, which every other guy uh, had to deal with it while it was happening, right? <laughs> so, uh, different perspectives, but... Um, no, like, honestly, I don't even remember the conversation. Like, maybe we should ask him at some point. But uh, it was it was not super early because I think that I held it back for maybe, like, a couple months until I realized, like, no, this guy's, like. Might be a keeper. Yeah, or, like, well, we got pregnant really soon. So oh, I was yeah. like, well, I'm going to, you know, like. <laughs> I'm going to be having regular this conversations man's, I'm going to have this, this man's baby. So, like, maybe you should call an icebreaker on your first date. Like. Just say no. I'm a stripper, and he's like, like I'm gonna put a ring on it. <laughs> or as you're pushing the baby out. <laughs> By the way, no. No, for like 11 years. No, um, no, um, but I think that for him, it like it like fits in pretty easily with his like perception of me. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right, so <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, what about? Previous relationships, you said those not so great. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a major issue in pretty much every relationship because I either. But that was during the time that you were dancing. Well, that's that's pretty much. I mean, I started dancing in college and I quit right before nursing school. So that's pretty much my life as an adult. Right. Post nursing school. So yeah, it's been it's been every guy that I yeah. And when you say issue, you're just jealousy. Um, jealousy, judgment, and I had one ex who was, like, paranoid that I was going to be, um, like, stalked and killed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that some creep was going to follow me home from the club, and yeah, no, and he would, he would get just, you know, he would just have, like, major anxiety over, that was, you know, you know, you know who that was, yeah. I think that it could be intimidating for a man also, because... You yeah. do. You did make good money, and even as a bartender, waitress, hostess, like probably you make do. more than yeah. your spouse here. I yeah. I make more. Yeah, so it can be intimidating for. <laughs> well, when you factor in the not paying taxes thing, really, really, yeah. yeah. 
I, I mean, I brought it up on this podcast before, but I work a job on a computer that, you know, you have to have an education for, and I make less than probably everybody in this room <laughs> because, you know, it's just, it's a very lucrative industry. Yeah, well, again, not paying taxes makes a lot of things much more lucrative. Right. Right. So, Well, that leads us to our next question. Um, what advice would you give to a girl that wanted to be a dancer? Would you tell her to maybe file her taxes? <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> no, if the government wants to get stripper money then they i don't know they need to do some more sort of regulation or some uh, but no i would not uh because i think you're just there's no way that you could file your taxes as a stripper and not lose too much money or end up getting like just penalized anyways for like not doing it right not doing it right you know you didn't write off your things right or i don't know that's just no just don't do that um i would just say that though i don't think any I don't think many strippers save nearly enough of their money. Uh, you know, it's the cash in the hand is spends freely. So, and I mean, that was certainly the case for me. I, I put myself through grad school, uh, you know, for a program that, you know, was kind of frivolous and then ended up back at the strip club. So like that was the only time I ever saved anything, but I made 17 grand in a summer and then gave it to a school. And then disappeared for a year, went to grad school, and then came back and then wound up at the club again. So I know it can be done. I know you can stack that cash. In fact, I had a drawer in my house, and you open the drawer, and it was just ones all the way back. Just probably like... Looks like a lot more money in that. In that it's like 15 in. grand in ones in yeah. the drawer, you know? But uh, So ask a different way, what mistakes would you say that you made that you would caution others against or, or do they even come up and you've been out of the industry for a bit so maybe it's hard to remember but well i think that like if i could if i could give myself advice i would say okay the second you get home and you're counting your money you take exactly 50 percent of that money and you put it somewhere immediately where you cannot touch it you cannot see it you cannot whatever because the difference between me making having an eight hundred dollar night and a four hundred dollar night was really not that not, not I mean and honestly there was plenty of nights where I made one or the other and so it's like if I just took half of that money and put it away I was, oh I made four hundred tonight no I really made eight hundred but now I'm I'm giving myself four hundred cash I'm putting it away and I'm never seeing it again I think uh, that would have done wonders for me and then. Um, yeah, just, just, it's it did terrible things for my work ethic. Yeah, because it was too easy to get money? It was too easy, and it was too, well, I'll just work, I'll work five shifts next week instead of, instead of three, you know? It just did terrible. It took me years to recover, to learn that I actually needed to work hard to make money. Well, it's also a problem that... People don't become strippers when they're 45. And the reason that's a problem is you become a stripper when you're also not good at life anyway. You're put into a situation where, oh, I have 
from that perspective, almost limitless cash, and I can make any decision that I want right now. Oh, and then you can spend it all and be like, it's okay, I can buy this ridiculously priced item, but it's fine because I can make it up in a few days. Yeah. Like, I, I can just go to work and pick up a ship. I, I think, think that, that has been, been, that's become, that is like the standard thinking. It's just like, oh, well, I get money so easily that, all right, well, I'll just, you know. You, you pay your bills and your rent and everything in the first couple of days of the month with your money that's coming in. And then everything's paid. And all it's the seventh of the month. And you're like, I just had an $800 night. I'm going shopping. And then the money's all gone. And then repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. I hate to say it, but even working as a door, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I want to spend $300 on a paddleboard. It's fine. I'll make it up in tips tomorrow. Yep. I want to buy a fifteen hundred dollar fucking trigger. <laughs> we are going to recruit so many people into this industry. <laughs> Just listening to this. Well, and that's that's what makes the industry so appealing, and that's that's like your reward for putting up with all the bullshit that we put up with. Yeah. So I don't want to take away from that, but also like I just feel like if you just stash like and if maybe you can't maybe you can't do 50% cuz maybe that's just I don't know too frugal or something. Maybe you just do 30. Yeah. 30%. You know, I'll put away. So we asked this question on a previous podcast and I said a very similar thing. Save your money, you know, and we all pitched in everyone was like, yeah, save your money. And then um, my boyfriend listened to that podcast, and he was like, I could not help but laugh at that, because I see you, and he's like, you're giving that advice? I'm like, shut up. It's easier to give advice and take it, because all the dancers that we have had on this podcast have said the same thing. Save your money, put it away, it's easy to do this, and it's like... Look, Look at all of us. us. Yeah, like, we're picking up a shit. Yeah, I had to take out I had to take out loans to go to nursing school. Okay, like a lot of loans. Okay, like there's no way I should have had to do that. No, you should have had a second drawer in that <laughs> dresser. A bigger drawer. Oh, God. Do you have um well, I guess, uh, uh, not to ignore other guests on here, do you have any um it sounds like when you went into the industry your boyfriend was very understanding. Do you have any uh, well, I, family or anything? Do you have any conflicts with that as far as like, oh, yeah, this is what I do now? My boyfriend was very – he actually encouraged me to apply in the first place and is currently encouraging me to become a dancer, which is very <laughs> annoying. <laughs> um I haven't told any of my family where I work, except, well, I did tell my father a couple weeks ago, and his reaction was, oh, we're not going to tell your stepmom that. (laughs) (laughs) And then he proceeded to tell his best friend, and when I saw his best friend the next day, it was nonstop jokes. the, The minute I saw him, he was like, hey, so do I get a discount on lap dances now? And I was like... No, now you get to pay double. Get out of here. And also, that joke is creepy. <laughs> don't, be, don't be creepy, Dad. Do you, what did your family think about it? I mean, you danced oh. for long enough that you must have told must have told them at some point. No. Okay, so listen, my mom, I when I was doing it in college... I hope she doesn't know what podcasts are. <laughs> listen, my mom, I told when I was like 19 in college, and I was saving up for grad school when I when I went, um, 
And I told her because I was living with her uh, and, you know, going out six nights a week and doing, and, you know, doing this insane thing. And I told her because she was really liberal and she was really cool. And I thought she'd totally get, she's a feminist. Okay. I, I happened to know it was really awkward, different story. I happened to know that she visits sex clubs and is a swinger. Uh, she'll be cool with this. No, she was not cool with it. And the first thing she did was call my brother. Wow. Yes. So uh, then, I don't know, the first time I, quote, quit, which was, I don't know, take like a four-month hiatus to, to work at a coffee shop or something, uh, that official... The wine bar that you gave me free shit to. Yeah. That, oh, I think even years before that, before I met you, I, I've quit, quote, unquote, quit so many times, I, I can't this even tell you. <clears throat> but um. So I think that officially kind of ended my career to her. And for all I know, she might have told my dad. Uh, Hopefully not. They were divorced, but hopefully not. So I've always kind of suspected that my dad and stepmom knew, like, through the grapevine. And my stepmom has said some, uh, like, comments to me. Um, Because then years later when I went back, it was funny because when I went back to stripping to save up money for nursing school, which, that was a joke. But, um... Cause I didn't save anything. Um, <laughs> uh, I ended up telling her that I, w- cause I did legitimately waitress there for like six months before I started stripping again. I told them, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm waitressing and bartending at the strip club. And then I, I made a comment one night. I made like $500 tonight. And that was legitimately while I was waitressing. And she's like, Oh, you made $500 waitressing. <laughs> And I was like, I want what I wanted to say was, bitch, I wouldn't brag about that if I was do- if I was dancing. That- <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, I've always suspected that they knew, but uh, never, it's never been confirmed, and I definitely would never ever admit it or talk to them about it because that's another conversation. Oh hell no, that's just never gonna happen. Never ever ever. My, so what oh, were you no. doing all the years you were stripping? Waitressing. Waitressing. Oh, God, my parents are freaking out right now if they're going to listen to this. They're like, God damn it. Oh, God. No, and you, I, I also learned you can't say waitressing at a strip club, even if you're genuinely waitressing at a strip club, because people go, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's the end of part one. Our theme music is from Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Kegs. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Prime Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on the web at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com. Or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com. Thanks!